So good to be in church tonight. It's a privilege for me to be able to share tonight um, on a baptism night. What an exciting night for a lot of people. Um, who's been baptized? Awesome. Who was that? Who shouted that? Johnny, good on you, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just an incredible part of someone's journey and their faith. And um, so it's a privilege for me to be able to speak tonight um, on the subject. Um, I do feel sort of that some of my preaching hasn't been that good lately because I haven't had slides. And we've had some really good slides. Who was here when Jono preached? That was an amazing night. And then we had Ellie doing a talk and we had um, Brett doing communion that morning with slides. So where's that picture of the, I think it's a Japanese fish. Apparently there's a Japanese fish that makes that photo sort of thing on the ground where no one can see it. And they were just talking about how amazing God is that he puts that on for no one but God to see himself. Um, so well done to Brett and Ellie for doing that. But it inspired me that I should do a few photos. And I thought because it's a long weekend, we'll keep it a little bit light tonight. And so some things that I've really enjoyed in my life, um, I used to enjoy keeping fish. Um, but I, I loved fish that, that meant something important. Who's ever had an Oscar? You can buy Oscars. It's a, it's a cyclid. Anyone? So Oscars, they, they meet eating fish. And so my entertainment when I had guests was I'd have little fish that I'd bred and I'd hang them by the window and drop them in and the cyclone would attack. It was quite a, yeah, man, it was, it was cool, man. And um, so that was my family entertainment when we got visitors. So if you want to buy an Oscar, they're beautiful fish. The problem is they just keep growing. Anyway, this over here is a freshwater African puffer. I always wanted one of them, but I couldn't get one. So a little bit like the black widow spider for this fish to to um, become pregnant, it eats the male. So that, that fish is really committed. Charmaine's clapping hands. That fish is committed to the cause. But I never had one, so that's on my bucket list, okay? Next slide. So the next slide is, um, that is a hydrogen motorbike. The first hydrogen motorbike. I love motorbikes, and that thing is a rocket. Um, so it runs on water. The only problem is, I haven't figured out the tank story yet, but I can just imagine going somewhere and asking for a jug of water and carrying on. Man, that'll be epic, okay? So just there's some clever people out there. Next slide. Just sharing all the things that I love. Now, I, I love cycling. Well, I used to. got an electric bike now. But I used to really enjoy cycling. And for me, the thrill of long bicycle rides was just amazing. So the best one I ever did, I rode from here to Rotorua at 5 in the morning, did a race to Topo, had something eaten and rode back. So 330 Ks, that was just an epic day. But on my bucket list would definitely have been what this lady done. I've got to get her name quickly. Jenny Grahams, a Scottish lady. She wanted to cycle around the world and break the world record. And so she cycled around the world in about 170 days on that bicycle. I mean, that's not a long time. But she cycled around the world unassisted in that time. So hats off to the Scottish girl. I still can't believe a girl got the record. Next slide. <laughs> Next slide. Now, <laughs> that's fitting that that comes afterwards. That's not her now. <laughs> um, now, I, I um, a little bit about me, I've got, I've got two siblings. I've got two younger sisters. And so I just loved being part of a family. We had a great upbringing. I feel very fortunate to have the greatest parents that I could ever have imagined. And it was a real blessing to be there. Um, but the photo wasn't good enough to put up. So I got this woman. Her name is Valencia Vasilia, and her and her husband, Fyodor Vasilia, are recorded as having the most ever children born to one woman, 59 children. That's why she looks like that. But they had, I mean, they had six pairs of twins, 
They had multiple sets of triplets, um, and they had I can't even, quadruplets and all of that. So that's, that's what she did. So enjoy your family if you don't have 59 siblings, okay? Next slide. Now, those of you who don't know, I've got a new little excitement in my life, um, and it's golf. And has anyone ever got a hole-in-one? No? Oh, there's some people putting hands up. I'm not going to believe you. But anyway, this guy is um, a former Marine. Uh, I've got his name here somewhere. Patrick Wills at um, the course in Summer Solstice Tournament um, in America. He got four hole-in-ones in one round. <laughs> That's just because Kelly's never got one. But so he... Three par fours and one par three, he got, he got a hole in one. And so that's documented as the record. Okay, you can take that down. Um, I haven't had a hole in one yet. Um, we did play with a guy on Saturday who, a youngster, I played with him three weeks ago, and he got a hole in one last week. I don't know if you can count it, though, because it went right over the green, hit the asphalt, bounced off the, the timber wall, bounced down, rolled in, and went in the hole. So, but anyway, I haven't even got that close, so it's okay. Hey, anyway. That's a little bit about me. I love golf. I love cycling. Love my family. Wouldn't mind having fish, but we just got dogs. And um, I love my motorbike. So um, can we pray? And then we're going to just have a look at the Word of God. Thank you, Lord God, for who you are and what you've done for us. We just love you. And just even through the worship tonight, some of the words that we, even creation speaks of you and everything cries out how holy you are. And Lord, we do honor you and we do worship you tonight. And we declare you're a good God. And we ask that you'd speak to us now. And that your word would make us different to the way we were when we came. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I was speaking to a gentleman in the cafe that I've got friendly with. And um, he's quite a bit older than I am. And um, we were just talking and I spoke about the multi- a multicultural or multicultural relationship, you know, when someone from one nationality marries someone else. And we were just talking, and he spoke about a woman he knew that was a Buddhist. And he said, you know, I said, so did it affect the, the marriage? Because the other person was a Christian, and that person was a Buddhist. Um, and when I say Christian, they were from a Christian country, whether they were practicing or not, they were, that's what they claimed to be. And so he said, no, no, not at all. You know, because Buddhism is not really a religion. It's a way of life. And that shocked me. <laughs> Because we say Christianity is a way of life. But this guy didn't see it that way. He saw that was religion. But this Buddhist was living a certain way of life. And it got me thinking, what do I believe? And um, how many of you quickly put your hands up believed all those five stories that I told you? Go on, put your hand up if you believe what I told you. Don't keep your hand down now. Okay, who believed at least half of them? Okay, well, I actually lied about every single one of them. <laughs> So let me tell you the story quickly. <laughs> um, there was not an African puffer fish. That's just a normal puffer fish, and it doesn't eat its males, okay? Um, <laughs> the next one, um, they might not be in the same order, but that nitrogen motorbike, it wasn't actually, it was a Kawasaki that they've made, the fastest horsepower thing in the world, um, H21 or H2O. So that's where I got the hydrogen story from. It's almost H2O water. Um, Patrick Wills does have the world record for the most holes in one. He only got three. Three hole in one in one round. That's the dude. Um, the Russian woman, Valencia, Valencia, well, I lied. She didn't have 59 children. She had 69 children. <laughs> That's a documented fact. Okay. 
And um, Jenny Graham didn't cycle around the world in 180 days. She did it in 124 days. Um, so the whole point of me duping you all and lying to you all in church is just showing you how easy it is to believe something. I mean, I told you something. It sounded convincing. I threw in a few facts that you, yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. Only Kelly didn't believe me because he's jealous. But, you know, um, <laughs> isn't it amazing how easy it is for us to actually believe something? Um, if you have ever been scammed, anyone been scammed? Maybe you shouldn't put your hand up, but there's a lot of scammers around. And I'm always fascinated. The only reason they keep doing it is because obviously they are conning some people. Someone has fallen for it and they believe it. So I believe as human beings, it's not actually difficult for us to believe something. It's actually quite easy. <laughs> the question is what's giving you the information? What is setting you up on a course to believe something? And what are you choosing to listen to? And what are you choosing to believe? And so I want to just go through in a short time tonight, um, just a few verses that I believe set up in my life, my belief system, what I believe. And so if you're making notes, I've just, the title of my message is I'm a believer. Because all of us are believers, it just depends what are you believing in. And so, um, you know, the Bible says in the last days, many will be deceived. Um, I managed to deceive many of you tonight, just with my little story. <laughs> And that's not what the Bible's talking about. It says they will be deceived about who God is and who Jesus was. And so in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, there's a guy speaking to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And I believe many of us are in that situation where we, we want to believe God. And tonight we maybe need to stand before God and say, God, help my unbelief. Maybe I've allowed some misinformation. I've looked at stuff I shouldn't have. And I've allowed people to deceive me or take me down a path. Maybe I need to stop and say, God, help my unbelief. I want to believe who you are. You know, we call ourselves believers. That's what we, we, we're known by. There's many we people of the way. But most of us say we're a believer. If I was to not, who's a believer, and you've given your heart to Jesus, you go, yep, I'm a believer. If you've been baptized before, you'd say, I'm a believer. The people getting baptized tonight have come to a point where they say, I am a believer, and now they want to get baptized. And so, you know, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, it is without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that's what these people are saying tonight. They believe that God exists and they want to take the next step in their journey and relationship with God. Are you a believer? And if you are, what do you believe in? You know, we have more information than ever in the, the current world we live in. You can Google anything. Um, I'll tell you a little secret. I, I used to have a bicycle shop and we had a workshop. And in the workshop, we'd bring, get bicycles in to fix. And we mainly did Giants and Tricks. That was the brand we did. And if people brought another one in, they say, can you fix it? go, sure. And the moment they walk out the door, we'd Google what to do. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't, you just Google what to do. And as long as you watch two or three videos and they sort of said the same thing, then you did it. Because the Bible says that everything be confirmed by two or three witnesses. So you just got to, you know, if you Google something at home, don't go do it on the first video. You could be in big trouble. But, um, you know, you can... I am astonished at what you can Google. Um, there's, there's probably nothing you can't 
get some sort of advice on. And so we live in an age where what we believe is constantly bombard, being bombarded by information and, and other stuff. We all know how Google has algorithms. I don't know how they work. You can ask the clever people, but they take you in a direction. If you sort of are tending a bit towards something, it'll just keep taking you there. Um, you've, you know, my wife and I tried it in the car once. We spoke about lawnmowers, lawnmowers, lawnmowers. Well, it never came up on Google, so obviously that's not true. They're not listening to us all the time. But isn't it amazing when you Google one thing? Like my, if you go into my Google account, unfortunately, there's a lot of golf stuff popping up. And it's just, that's just what happens. And so you sort of get led where you don't want to go. And so we're bombarded by this. And, and if you're not careful and you're not sifting out what you're choosing to believe, you can go down the wrong track. And so we need to be real careful about that. Um, we live in an era where even Christians um, are deconstructing the faith. I mean, I don't know if you've heard that term. I hadn't heard that until about six months ago. That deconstructing the faith is actually a thing where they're trying to make it simpler that they can understand. I don't even understand what it means. But we've got to be very careful who we listen to and what do we believe in. Where are you letting yourself go? Um, you can find books to back up almost anything you believe. If you just come up with a topic that's totally obscure and random to what you believe and search it, you'll probably find a book or an article or a Wikipedia item that's going to be able to back up what you believe. Since the beginning of creation, we've struggled with a doubt issue. Did God really say? And it's just gone right through. You look through the Bible, there's a, there's a doubt issue running right through it. And um, that's mankind's problem. Did God really say? Does, is God going to do what he said? And so we are no different when we come today and we have some doubts about what we believe. But we need to make sure we install a few critical belief pillars that are going to hold up your faith when you get misinformation. So can I just share a few that I believe are, are key and important in my life and should be in yours. Can I say another one thing? When, when someone reads a scripture, we don't say, if you've got your Bibles, turn there because it's a good thing that you, you sort of read with us. We want you to see for yourself. Don't hinge your eternity on what I'm saying. Imagine hinging your whole motor vehicle's warranty on the owner's manual from another car. You'll be in big trouble. Because if your car takes diesel and you put it in petrol, you're in big, big trouble. And so, but we live our lives like that. We, you want to live your life based on what the person here on the pulpit says. Why don't you see for yourself what it says and back it up? You know, you can be misled easily if someone gives you information like none of you had any clue what is the most number of babies born to a person. So it was easy for me to mislead you. But if you read an article this week or done some homework and you knew, were up on the subject, you'd have gone, no way, I know, I know the truth. I was sort of hoping no one shouted out, but Kelly did. But, um, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you've done some homework on a subject, you can't be fooled. How much homework have you done on the faith and what you believe and what we live for? Or you're just allowing people up here to come and speak to you? Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and yes, that word, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I wasn't there when that happened. I've only read the account through the four Gospels. But I've got to a point in my life where I've chosen to believe that. 
And that now means that I'm saved. That's what the Bible says. It's that simple. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. John 20 verse 31 says, But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, only through the name of Jesus can you have salvation. You know, Jesus asked the disciples um, at one stage, who do the people say I am? And they all said, some John the Baptist, some say you're a prophet. And then he asked a very poignant question. He said, who do you say I am? And that's a question you need to ask yourself today. Who do you say that Jesus is? Was he the Messiah? Was he the Son of God who was born of a virgin and grew up and then gave up his life and died on a cross and then was risen from the dead? Is that what you believe? Have you done enough homework that you believe that for yourself? Or you're believing it because your parents told you that or the children's church pastor and it's sort of just what you believe? Um, I was really excited to speak to a girl who'd done Alpha Course. And um, one of the first Alpha sessions, they spoke about who Jesus was. And she came away and said, you know, I never knew Jesus was a real person. I just thought it was a story. (laughs) Who do you believe Jesus is? And then for me, another real key foundation in my life, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I believe that the word of God is just that. It's the written word of God. Now, there's been other books written. The Bible even talks about something written in another book. I was reading this week in the Old Testament and it said something about one of the kings and says, and his story is written in another book. It's not even one of the books of the Bible. And so there are other books written, but I've chosen to believe that the books that we have in what we call our Bible is the the chosen, written, living word of God. And um, for me, it's never been proved wrong. For me, it's been confirmed over and over. And I have to make a choice regularly to believe it. You know, this week I'm reading about David um, when he wanted to join the Philistines fighting the Israelites. And they got a little bit upset at him and said, no, you have to go back. And when he went back, his village had been raided and his wives were taken and all their stuff was gone. And it says he cried before the Lord. We know what happened. His men wanted to kill him. And then he says, God, should we go after them or we get them? And God says, yep. And I thought, man, that's confusing. Why didn't just God protect them in the first place? Why did they have to get taken? Now, I can't answer that, but I'm not going to let that affect what I believe about the Word of God. And so there, there are choices you need to make. You, I've heard people speaking, and they almost tear the Bible apart. because They say, this contradicts that, and this looks at that, and these people are way cleverer than me when it comes to talking about the Word of God. But have you cemented in the ground rock solid that this is the Word of God, and you're going to choose to believe it, or you're going to allow yourself to be swayed? That is a, a choice and a And a question that you have to answer for yourself. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching. And if you show me one person who has been serving God for a long time. Anyone who has been saved for more than 20 years here tonight? Pastor James. Oh, there's heaps of you. you, I guarantee you all those people who put their hands up will have some really good spiritual disciplines. And one of them will be regularly reading the Bible. The Bible will be a part of your life. 
because you can't have a faith if you don't know what you believe in. And um, if you haven't made part of your diet every day the Word of God, I want to encourage you. Get into it. And I love what um, David said, one of our internal advisors. I was talking to him about reading some of those books of he beget, he beget, she beget, and the whole list of them and all the names. And said, man. And he just said to me, he said, you know what? The, it's the living Word of God. And when you read it, your mental mind might be going, this is just, what am I reading? But your spirit is listening because it's the living Word of God. So can I say, if you're one of those who skips the names, parts of the Bible, why don't you read them and say, God, I want your word to speak to my spirit. And I'm going to read every part of the word. Not the exciting stories about David and Goliath or Samson, but every part of the word of God. That says all scripture is inspired for teaching and it's the word of God. And so let me challenge you. If you haven't made reading the word of God a habit, what are you really basing your faith on? You call yourself a believer. What do you really believe? Is it what someone else has said? Or are you going to get into the word for yourself? Or are you going to look for yourself? John chapter 4 verse 6. Jesus answered and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way. And um, we are called to live like Jesus. The, the bracelet thing went around New Zealand too, I believe, eh? the WWJD bracelet. What would Jesus do? And so that's how we need to live our lives. If we want to be followers of the way, we need to live the way Jesus did. And um, if you were in a church this morning, listen to the, the podcast. Jesus lived a life of love. Everything he did was in love. And so we need to make sure that we are living the way of Jesus. If he's the way, the truth, and the life, we need to live like him. And make sure we're not accepting other ways um, that we add into it. Jesus is the way, but, you know, um, one of the hardest questions for me to answer, you'd have to catch Dave Mann afterwards for this, but is when someone says, aren't you a little bit arrogant that Christianity is the only way? What about the other ways? Well, I can't answer those questions. All I know is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And let me tell you now quickly, if you're getting that situation, the best thing you can do is say, I don't know. I get it right to that, Dave? <laughs> Just say, I don't know. Because you're going to get yourself in trouble if you try and back it up and defend what you don't really understand. But I believe with all my heart, Jesus is the only way to the Father. The only way into heaven. You know, when I was talking to that customer in the cafe, and he said that this friend of his that was a Buddhist, it was more of a way of living, not a religion. I really wanted to know, well, how does that person live that you've picked up? It's a way of living. But I didn't want to ask him because it could have got real awkward. But in my life, I want to live in a way that people say, that's different. That's how I want to be. Again, in 1 Thessalonians 4.14, it says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And tonight we got a baptism service and we are celebrating part of that where people get baptized as a, a symbol of going under the water and coming up and rising again. And um, a lot of the things we do in church are things that we are practicing because of what we believe happened a long time ago. Um, 
We praise and worship because that's what we believe is happening right now in the presence of God. We lift our hands because the Bible talks about lifting holy hands. We pray. When, when people are ill or, or need, we pray because we believe what we've read, written, read in the Bible, what we've heard, and what we've experienced through our own lives when you've been a believer. And so my challenge to all of us tonight is what do we believe? Have we really searched our heart to see why do I believe it? Or is it just passed on from someone else? And so I'm going to ask you all to stand, and I'm going to pray with you, and then we're going to get ready for a baptism and celebrate with all these people. But I just want to give you the chance to reflect for a moment, what do you believe? Have you ever come to the place where you believe that Jesus died and rose again in your place so that you could live forever and have eternal life? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, tonight, I thank you that you have made everything so clear and reachable and attainable that we can read it for ourselves and we can see. And your Holy Spirit is yet to reveal to us and to show us everything about you. Lord, the Bible actually says that your Holy Spirit will come to reveal who you are. And you said it's better that you go that we can get the Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, I pray tonight for anyone here who may be crying out to you saying, help my unbelief. I pray that you would help them right now. God, tonight as a, as a body and as a family, we want to believe that you are the Savior. You are the Son of God. You gave up everything heaven had to offer to come and be a man, to live and walk on the earth and to die a horrible death so that we could be with you forever. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help make that more and more real to every one of us every time we read the Bible, every time we we hang out with other Christians, that you'd keep revealing yourself to us. We want to know who you are. In Jesus' name we pray now. Amen. Amen.